Welcome to Now I See, a podcast where people of vision share eye-opening experiences that help them and can help all of us shift focus, gain perspective, and see ourselves, our world, and our place in it in a whole new way. Today's guest is Stephanie Sloan. Stephanie, thanks for being a guest on Now I See. Thank you for having me. She's a Texas girl. She grew up in Houston, born and raised, and she is a three-sport athlete. She was in high school. Uh, Those sports included appearances at volleyball state finals, as well as a personal record in state finals and shot put her senior year. She went on to play volleyball at Letourneau University while studying education and then spent the next 15 years teaching and coaching high schools in the Metroplex. So um, Stephanie does a really fun hobby. She's involved in Highland Games. And Stephanie, I see you as adventuresome, bold, creative, and so much fun. How do you see yourself? Thank you for that. I don't know that I see myself that way, but I I definitely see myself as an educator who has a weird hobby. (laughs) You do. It's a fun one. So tell me how you um, how you got into that. My uh, cousin, Jason, lives out in Phoenix and he got involved in it. I don't know how, Um, but we do have some Scottish uh, heritage uh, in our family. And so I went out in a few years ago in October and saw him compete. I was like, I want to come see what this is. And I just had so much fun and such a blast that I was like, I think I want to try this. And the guys were like, really? And um, I was like, yeah, I think this will be fun. So the rest is history. I, I got on the on Facebook and tried to find a group in here in Texas and did. And they coached me up and I've been competing. So the first time that I went to Highland Games was at your invitation before COVID. Yes. And it was the very first time I'd seen anything like this. So for people that don't know what the Highland Games are, oh yeah, briefly describe those to us. Sure. So um, the Highland Games consist of nine throwing events where we throw heavy things, either for distance or height. Um, and if you're familiar with track and field, it's a lot like field events and, um, we've got different weight for distance. We throw Scottish hammers, uh, which is kind of like the Olympic hammer throw, only it's not a ball and chain. It's a weight on the end of a pipe, like a PVC handle. Um, we throw stones, which is like shot put and, um, they don't the, look that heavy. I tried to pick one up and bow it they myself. <laughs> they look like little loaves of bread yeah. <laughs> until you try to pick one up and then you realize not really. bread. Yeah, no. they're definitely not. <laughs> um, I have one that I train with that looks like a baked potato and, um, but it's way heavier than a baked potato. <laughs> Surprisingly. Yes. So we do the, the stones and of course the, I got in at the right time because I was uh, 40 when I started doing this. And um, at 40, you're in the master class. <laughs> Which I was like, I've never done this before, but I'm a master. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> but um, at 40, you start throwing a little bit lighter weights than the under 40 crowd. So that's nice. Um, and the women throw different weights than the men, uh, obviously. And the men have different classes as well. Um, for all the way from novice to expert who are like paid competitors kind of thing. They're the pros. And uh, anyway, so yeah, we do those. Now, some of the big events that really like get the crowd is um, the caber toss, which looks like 
flipping a telephone pole. Yes. And, and feels like flipping a telephone pole. <laughs> I saw that one and I thought the guy that lifting it was going to just pass out because he was really straining and I thought he'd drop it, but he did pretty good. Yeah. And the guy behind him just picked it up like it was a toothpick and flung it. It was amazing. So yep. It definitely takes skill. And that's something that you don't realize watching these events because they look like you're just hefting stuff. And learning the skills is actually what makes it where you can legitimately compete so the caper toss is always a crowd pleaser and um the sheaf toss which is we have a a bag that simulates a a sheaf of hay like a bale of hay and a pitchfork that we stab the bag with and then use the pitchfork to fling it up over a bar for height and a really the caper toss is not my favorite yet uh, but the sheaf is definitely one of my favorites. So <laughs> it just seems fraught with danger. Yes. I can see me trying to fling it and not coming the bale of hay not coming off my pitchfork. That has imagine. happened to me before. Yes. It's actually very uncomfortable when that happens. <laughs> I can only imagine. There is definitely pain involved. <laughs> yeah. And these aren't like everyday skills. It's not like Mm-mm. you're just, you know, re- re- recreating that in your kitchen or something right. and you really have to have the right you know environment and the right it's true <laughs> i'm a city girl i did not grow up on the farm you know with the pitchfork and bales of hay or anything so yeah. Yeah. which was so intriguing to me i grew up in the suburbs and i never saw anything like that either yeah. and so it's not just an athletic event which i think is so much fun mm-hmm. uh, to, because there's such different types of, of events um, but the whole atmosphere, there are bands, there's food trucks, there's children and pets and people milling all over the place. I mean, it's not oh, just yes. like a sporting event. It's got all the accoutrements and people wearing plaid kilts. Which yes, is... you have to compete in a kilt. So tell me about your kilt. So I picked a kilt that matched my family. Uh, so my grandmother was a McEwen. Uh, and that's probably the closest tie we have to Scotland. And so I picked a McEwen tartan for my kilt. And a lot of the competitors do that, but you don't have to be Scottish to compete. You do have to wear a kilt, um, <laughs> but you can pick any plaid you want. Anyway, so that's why I picked, picked mine. Describe it. Um, so it's blue. With, it's a blue field with um, green plaid the larger plaid stripes and then it's got a very thin red and yellow that run perpendicular to each other now it's cute and you wear it well so thank you thank you yes lots of fun so tell me about your favorite event okay my favorite event right now is uh wait for distance it does change because sheaf was my favorite for a long time and I think Wait for Distance is my favorite now because I've finally, like, it's starting to click. But that's the one we have a ball and chain, basically. You've got to wait on the end of a chain with a handle at the other end. Um, and it involves some spinning. So it's kind of like the footwork for a, a discus throw, um, but we're, we're throwing a, a different kind of weight. Mm-hmm. So you put it into um, kind of an orbit around your body. Uh, with the spin and then fling it as far as you can so because you're throwing it for distance sure so that one's a lot of fun and there's actually two wait for distance events we throw one that's heavier 
which is so heavy. <laughs> um, like ours is only 21 pounds. Only. <laughs> because the other women, the younger women throw 28, oh. which I'm like, I can't imagine. That just, Two that bowling balls. To look, yeah, to look at. Um, so our, our heavy is 21, and then our light is, uh, I think, 14 or 16. Uh, I don't remember which. I think it's 14. And um, that one is tons of fun because you throw the heavy first, and then it's like you throw the light and it's flying through the air. <laughs> so, but it's a lot of fun. It's one of the, my favorites to watch because I like to watch the approach. I like to watch the wind up. Some girls go round and round and some just make one spin and off it goes. Mm-hmm. And so everybody has their own style and it's really kind of fun to watch. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and I've even seen some use the same approach with the spin for different events like weight over bar and that I'm looking at, hmm, tell me more. <laughs> well, as a physics teacher, there's yes. got to be some physics there. So I would think you'd have the inside edge when yes. it comes to figuring out the best way to do things and how to get the weight in your body to work in tandem to, you know, using physics to make that happen. Yes. So that event was one last year when I was watching you compete in Denton where mm-hmm. I, we saw a world record. Yes. And that was yeah. so exciting, you know. Yeah, one of the elite women threw for over 100 feet. Uh, like, she definitely had two spins, but she definitely had it down as far as her technique. And she just made it look so easy. She did. <laughs> she really did. She really did. And she had some other throws to make. And I don't recall that they were as good. But, you know, when you throw one like that, <laughs> yeah. really, how, how hard you have to try. Yep. But all of her throws were absolutely gorgeous. Yep. And it was really fun to watch somebody with such skill be able to perform so well. Yes. So. It's always fun to be at, at events with uh, the elite throwers just to, like, watch them. Sure. And we don't always get to because we're competing at the same time. But, yeah. Well, and I love the camaraderie that happens there, too, because while you're competing with each other, you're also competing for each other. You're sharing tips and strategies and your experiences, and there's a lot of talking going on um, between events, and it's really fun to watch athletes help each other become better. It's not so personally competitive that you're trying to uh, beat everyone, but that you're trying to elevate everyone Mm -hmm. as you build the sport together well and that was what drew me more than the athletic activity although that's great too I always loved competing um when I was out in Arizona watching Jason throw I noticed that the guys were cheering each other on Mm -hmm. which is even less common for guys I feel like but uh one of the guys uh, through the course of the day, I had found out that this was his first one in Arizona because he was from California, but he knew all of the guys' names and he was cheering for each guy by name wow. in each event, even though he was totally dominating and winning all of it. He was still like, hey, let's go heft that out there, you know, kind of thing. Um, and that was what impressed me was that camaraderie, that we're all in this together. We're really competing against ourselves mm-hmm. to better ourselves, mm-hmm. not against each other, mm-hmm. you know, for some prize or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is what I love about it. You were talking about the atmosphere and um, we have, we have two kinds of games. We have what are called backyard games where those are strictly just us throwing. Okay. Um, they're not as formal and, you know, they're backyard games. They're just, you know, for fun and for practice and getting distances and things like that. But we get together and, and throw. 
And then um, there are others that involve a festival. And so like the Celtic festivals, unfortunately with COVID, those all got shut down. So a lot of our, our games, a lot of our games were canceled. The few that did happen were the backyarders um, and really informal. But um, the, the festivals are so fun because they've got the food trucks, like you mentioned, and you can actually try haggis and scotch eggs. And <laughs> if you want to. If you want to, <laughs> yeah. All those Scottish foods. And um, there are some that will have, like, whiskey tastings and, and stuff like that. They have the modern Celtic bands with, like, an electric bagpipes, if you can believe it. <laughs> I don't even know how you that. do that. Um, <laughs> Seems like cheating. <laughs> I know, right? Um, but they've, they've got the bands that play, um, but then they also have like the marching band competitions where you have the bagpipe bands wow. uh, with the pipes and drums that compete. Um, and there's bands that come from all over. And um, we actually, my first one that I went to was in Sherman, and they have a big Celtic festival that lasts three days. And they've got tents with vendors and all sorts of stuff. And um, they also had sheepdog competitions where they had wow. sheep that were being herded by collies and, sure. you know, other dogs. And I missed a lot of it, but I saw a video and, <laughs> and heard about it from my friends that were there. Like Babe. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so there's a ton of of stuff to do and and stuff to see and and it it can interest everybody like even from the little kids to you know uh, the older adults well the first event I came to I came to see you but yes Mm -hmm. there were so many other fun things going on that it really was so much fun it was such a great experience so we've already mentioned you've been to Phoenix you've been to Sherman you've been to Denton you've been to San Antonio Yes. Uh, Austin. Where's Austin. Austin. Okay. Area, yeah. Okay. Where are some other places that these games have taken you? Um, I went to nationals in 2019 in Kentucky. Fun. Um, in uh, Glasgow, Kentucky, which I was <laughs> Perfect. like, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so I think that's the furthest that I've been. But um, I'm looking. Uh, I always go on Facebook to look at all of the games and stuff, and just kind of search. Um, and there's one in the summers in Cheyenne, Wyoming, which I'm like, hey, I want to go to Wyoming. Definitely. Why not have a game <laughs> um, while I'm there? So that's one I'm considering not this summer, but maybe in the future. Um, Worlds is, uh, Worlds moves around all the time. The one um, that got canceled because of COVID was in Ireland, which I'm like, that would be cool. Seems I appropriate. Really, yes. I really want to throw in Scotland. Yes. Uh, so that's bucket list item now. Sure. Um, but yeah, the uh, I have friends that have thrown in Canada and like Vancouver and stuff like that. So I'm okay for now planning vacations around where I can go throw. <laughs> that is so fun. And yeah. I, I'm so new to this. I didn't realize this was such a big deal that there were chapters all over the places, games all over the places, international competitions. Mm-hmm. So that is really fun. So that will take you a lot of fun places. So tell me some of the benefits that you've experienced by being involved in this. Um, I think what a personal benefit has been getting me back in the gym. Now, COVID kind of derailed that. 
but um, having that that motivation, um, that kind of desire to be back in the gym so that I can compete and have mm-hmm. fun and mm-hmm. not hurt myself, you know, that <laughs> kind of thing. Yes, <laughs> important. Um, so there's there's definitely that benefit, which has other benefits to my health and and stuff like that. Um, but I think to meeting a whole new group of people that I would not have met otherwise. And they're, they're really great people, you know, and um, getting to know some of the guys. I'm, I'm part of a throwing group called the Silverbacks. Um, and I just found them on, on Facebook and said, hey, I'm interested. Can I come learn stuff? And they were like, sure, come on. And um, so several of those guys have taught me different events and techniques and skills. And um, I consider them friends. One of them recently got married. I got invited to the wedding, you know, like, and these are, these are people that I would not have met otherwise. So I think that's really cool. How has um, being coached improved your skills as a coach? Um, I would say... It's interesting because they don't know that I coached ah, athletic events okay. and, and that I was a collegiate athlete or anything like that. They just like you they for didn't you? know that. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't know how they feel about that if they <laughs> find out, but uh, which it's fine. Like if they wanted to know, I would tell They're them. They're going to know. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, so it's always interesting to be to be coached because Mm -hmm. I did not know what I was doing. And I went in very much with Mm -hmm. that mentality of teach me a wise one. You have done this for years. I don't know what I'm doing, you know? Um, and everybody's got their own style. And, um, I was really strategic though about the different events, which guys I went to for which events, because those were their favorites Mm -hmm. or something they were Mm -hmm. really good at or like that. Um, and that's something I think, because I coached for so long, I could pick out faster than Good. somebody else and say, okay, I want to learn stones from you. Okay, what do I need to do? Okay, I want to learn sheaf from you because you hold a world record in sheaf. What do I do? You know, kind of thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, uh, once they found out that I teach physics, several of them were like, okay, you know this from blah, 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 and, or whether we're talking centrifugal force or, you know, any of the other physics stuff um, was really cool too. So. Sure. To any sport, there's good science. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it will always make you a better athlete. I hope you're having as much fun on this episode as Stephanie and I are. If so, won't you take a moment to like, rate, and maybe share this podcast with someone you think might enjoy it too. Be sure to check the show notes for links and recommended resources. You can also find them on our website, nis.media. While you're there, catch up on blogs and podcasts you may have missed, or sign up for our newsletter. Or maybe you want to share your stories and pics of your own experiences at the games. Send me an email at kit at nis.media or post it on Facebook, Kit McCarty NIS. Thanks. And now back to our show. It is different uh, for me as a teacher 
to be taught. And there are two different mentalities that you bring to that. Mm-hmm. And so I know that while you're coaching high school students, there are people who are trying sports for the very first time. And they're coming to it the same way you yes, did. Like, teach I real know, wise, teach but real, yeah, yes. what are we doing here? Um, and so I imagine it's easy for you to pick them out. Do you pair them with other people who are also successful? Do you give them one-on-one time? How are you? Um, sometimes. Like, I have a friend who I met at a McEwen clan gathering. Fun. Um, just prior to COVID. And um, they live in Houston. He's actually the one who's in McEwen, but his wife was like, I want to learn about the Highland Games. Teach me about the Highland Games kind of thing. I think it's fascinating. I want to try it. And we've had a couple of practices together. We've done a couple of games together, which end up being a lot like practices when it's early on. Um, And I've tried coaching her with a few things Mm -hmm. because I've learned it or I've seen it. Mm -hmm. And I have that coaching background Mm -hmm. and that athletic background could tell her some things. Um, but then there are other things where I'm like, you need to go talk to so-and-so. She's amazing. Or watch what so-and-so is doing. Don't watch me because I'm still <laughs> learning. <laughs> watch so-and-so kind of thing. So I try to, I, I, like, I know I don't know everything. So I want to help her. I think that's the fun part about trying something new, like the Highland Games. It, although you had some familiarity with it from your field events. Mm-hmm. Uh, younger so you understood the mechanics of it the fact that you were willing to try something new at 40 just is thrilling to me you know you could have chosen to just be comfortable and to continue doing life in you know the way that you were doing it but you decided to do something different what's in you that makes you want to still explore and try new things oh well I think because I don't feel like I'm 43. <laughs> I'm, I still feel like I'm 18 or 20, you know, so why not give it a try? And I still experience the frustration of I should be able to just pick this up and do it. And what do you mean it's going to take time and I have to learn this, you know, kind of thing. But I've also always really valued education and consider myself a lifelong learner. So I saw something that I thought was really cool and interested me and kind of went along with my personal interest and background and said, I'm going to give it a try. Do I always do that with everything? No, (laughs) but this one looked like fun. So why not give it a try? And you're right. It has turned out to be fun. Athletes often use physics to improve their performance. As a physics teacher, Have you been able to use the games to improve your students' academic performance? I do like to bring in clips from the games to, guess what I did this weekend? And I'll throw something up on the screen for the kids. And I'm like, yes, we're going to analyze the physics of this. Uh, We haven't done it yet, but I do want to, like, look at, here's this person who's throwing this. Let's talk about, you know, the mechanics here and there. Because I've got the AP kids, Mm -hmm. and so why not? This is real-world stuff, and we're talking rotation. Let's let's pull it up and use it and work a problem, answer a question, whatever. Um, So I do, to a great extent, actually, try to pull that in. Um, Math and science were always more fun for me when I saw that it had a practical application or that it had a personal interest angle Mm -hmm. to it so that always made it more interesting for me well and I try to do as much hands-on stuff as I can Mm -hmm. 
I just don't know how possible it is to like, I'm going to bring a caper. We're all going to practice that. Like <laughs> that would be hilarious. Like, it would be hilarious. <laughs> Might but need permission slips. I know. For that. I would. We signed permission slips before games that say, yes, I know I can be injured or die doing this. <laughs> I, I relieve everyone of all, you know, I waive all of that. Here's my permission slip thing and my my contact in case I hurt myself. Okay. So it is like, I guess it is possible, although I've never heard of uh, some anybody being seriously injured or anything. But you definitely want to know what you're doing. Yes. Before. So that's why I'm like, I don't know that I want to hand a hammer to a to an angry hormonal (laughs) teenager (laughs) or klutzy let's be honest (laughs) that could be dangerous they're still trying to figure out their their bodies that they've just grown into so yeah that would definitely not be something i could do but um i do have i have friends whose kids have seen just a little bit and are very interested and want to know about it and my friends are like what did you do and i'm like i created a monster i know because the the prizes typically involve um medieval weaponry. <laughs> yes. So yes. So I have a battle axe and I have a sword and like I'm that. so glad you mentioned that. Yeah. I remember that you were in those. I forgot to ask you about those yeah. prominently displayed in your They're home. not yet, but they will be. <laughs> okay, yeah, they for need sure. to be. And um I had some friends stay this past week and her son is ten and he found my sword and was like, Can I go play with your sword? Uh, and no. I was like if mom says it's okay, yeah. And mom was like, you can only swing at the air. (laughs) You have to have a large circle around you, and your brother will stay inside while you're outside with the sword. It's like kind of a a backyard activity. I was like, okay. And my mom was worried about jarts. (laughs) (laughs) For our our Highland Fling backyard games. There we go. Very fun. So tell me about some of your awards. How did, uh, what did you do to accomplish those? You say personal records. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I made a joke after my first games in Sherman about setting nine PRs, Very personal nice. records, Very because nice. it, it was my first event. And all of them are <laughs> oh, personal bests at that point. <laughs> that's um, so true. And so I've had at least one personal best at every game so far, wow, which is good. You want to keep improving. Sure. Um, my first, uh, was at Sherman and I placed second, uh, overall in my division Very of nice. the old lady group. <laughs> we were, we affectionately referred to ourselves over like, 40. You're yes. hurting me. You're just hurting me hard. And, um, anyway, so then, uh, most of the time I, I don't place in the top three, but there are a few games that I have. And, uh, when you do, you usually win some cutlery so i have the sword i have the i have the battle axe that i got at um keltober that was the one that Mm -hmm. you came to um and then um some like uh some they don't like even announce beyond the top three um some do Uh, some have certificates some don't it just depends on the athletic director for the event and what they want to do um but ultimately I'm competing against myself. So for me, the PRs is, I'm looking at PRs. How much, how much am I improving? I had one PR at the last games by half an inch, but you beat your best there by you go. anything and you've beat your best, you know, there you go. You set a new best. Um, but that one, I didn't place in the top three. I didn't get the mace or whatever mm-hmm. it was. That's fine. 
because I had three PRs and I won one of the events. So like you have in winners of the individual nine mm-hmm. events mm-hmm. also that don't necessarily get any recognition right. or anything, but I know I won that event right. kind right. of thing. And when you win some of the events, no, I think it's all of them. When you win an event, aside from Kaber, you get three more attempts. So like we get three attempts at each event. Uh, when you win an event, you get three more attempts to throw even further or higher to best yourself. Um, in the height events, you can keep going as long as you're making that height. You get three attempts at every height beyond that. Um, and so I tied my personal best in weight over bar, which is we're throwing it up for height. And that's 21 pounds over a bar, 14 feet above my head. <laughs> and I threw it. I cleared it. I was like, yes! Wow. Um, wow. So I cleared that one. And then uh, they were like, okay, do you want to go up a whole foot? Because normally we go up by a foot each time. I was like, I've attempted 15, but I feel like I wouldn't clear it because I was barely clearing 14. Um, and they were like, well, but you won this, so you can go up to 14.6. And I was like, oh, I can go up by half a foot? Okay, let's do that. And um, that one, I, I clanked the bar, meaning the mm-hmm. weight just hit mm-hmm. the bar mm-hmm. all three times. Mm-hmm. And the announcer had come over. He said, not to put any pressure on you, but if you get this, this will be a new field record. I was like, thanks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, by now you're tired. You've been throwing. Because yes, I've been throwing. It was our last event of the day. Right. I had just cleared 14, which I hadn't done in over a year, you know, and, um, but you did have adrenaline. You did have adrenaline. (laughs) And my form actually was really, really good that day. So I was like, sweet, but I hit it so I can get it to that Mm -hmm. height. I just haven't cleared that height yet. So that's one I'll come back to. Um, and that's steadily becoming one of my favorites also aside from the like the weight for yeah. distance it's like i pick one and i work really hard on it and improve on it and i'm like ooh, this is my new favorite <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing caber's still not my favorite <laughs> so that's fun anyway i interviewed somebody once and i asked what's your favorite project and they said whatever it is i'm working on mm-hmm. right now and it just uh, that has really changed the way that i look at things too so you've just kind of said the same thing yeah my favorite is the one that i the one i'm working yeah, on right now yeah, that's yeah. right so that's a great way to live be in the moment what are some of the lessons that you've learned about yourself as you've um tried to do something new and you've competed again i think I I definitely handle myself with more grace now than I did at 20 trying to learn something or 16 trying to learn something athletic because I know I'm not going to get it the first time. So just keep working on it. It'll click eventually because I have that experience from when I was younger of going, remember how long it took you to learn how to hit a volleyball and then it just clicked and then you couldn't do it wrong after that? Oh, okay, yes. And so kind of giving myself that space and that grace to just wait. Like, I'm going to keep trying this. I know it's wrong. It doesn't feel right yet. I haven't been successful yet. And then when it does feel right and it just clicks, and then I can't do it wrong after that, you know, kind of thing. Um, So that's definitely probably one of the bigger lessons I've learned from this about myself. Yes, and I think that's such a great lesson that we can apply to many areas of our lives. 
learning a foreign language or maybe uh, going through a career change or pretty much any big life-altering thing is borrowing from your past successes and playing it forward into your future. So Mm -hmm. I love that you're doing that and that's what you're drawing on. So what would you say to listeners? Would you invite them to join you either in competition or to come to see an event? Oh, absolutely. So there, I feel like this conversation has just been a big ad for the Highland Games. (laughs) Come, it's fun. (laughs) It is fun, whether you're in it or you're just watching. Exactly. And I asked my sister about that because she's been to a lot of them with me. I'm like, I have fun. Do you have fun? Like, are you just like me? (laughs) She's like, no, I wouldn't go if I didn't have fun. And um, so she goes, she watches the competitors, but she'll wander through the tents. And uh, when there's a big festival type thing, uh, she's like, plus you have the added benefit of seeing guys in kilts. So (laughs) nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, And so it's, it's just, it's fun. And um, so I would, I would recommend anybody go uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of what's posted is on Facebook. So go on Facebook. Search up Highland Games, see what you can find, and uh, there's probably a festival in your town at some point, Um, or Google Celtic Festival in the name of your town, and go. Just go. Just see what it's about. Have fun, Um, and if you want to give it a try, then definitely hook up with somebody on Facebook that's already throwing, and um, go go to a practice. Give it a try. See what it's about. Plus, you can work out your frustrations by throwing heavy things. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Well, it was new to me when I experienced it a couple of years ago, thanks to your invitation, and I have not been disappointed. So I would encourage our listeners to do the same. Stephanie, is there anything else that you want our listeners to know? There is one thing. Um, we've started something recently amongst all of us girls, us women that throw. Uh, called the Sisterhood of Highland Throwers. Um, And so we've got a page on Facebook that's set up and running. And um, we've got a website coming. But that's something that I'm really excited about because we want more of us girls competing. It's very much a male-dominant sport right now. And uh, that's something that we want to try to grow that sisterhood. So you just have to be a girl who likes to throw and that's it. (laughs) There you go. Good. We will include that link in our show notes and on our blog. So be sure to check that out if you are interested. Thank you. All right, Stephanie, this has been so much fun. Listeners, if if you've enjoyed this conversation, you can leave a message for Stephanie at kit at nis.media or on our Facebook page, Kit McCarty, NIS. Come find us and tell us what you think. Thanks. We'll see you next week. If you enjoyed our show today, please tell your friends. Like and subscribe so you'll receive future notifications when our next shows become available. Visit our website, nis.media, for show notes, bonus content, contact information for our special guests, and access to their products and ours. Or perhaps you'd like to leave a comment, a perspective on our show today, or share an eye-opening experience of your own. We'd love to hear from you. Again, that's nis.media. Special thanks to our technical director, Jim Wilson, music by Rebecca Salazar. I'm your host, Kit McCarty. I look forward to seeing you again soon.